0: Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I am Meg Walter. I am on Zoom this week with Eli McCann. Out of an abundance of caution, we are recording via Zoom. Eli, how are you?
1: Fine. We just don't, we can't trust each other anymore. I don't want you to get me sick. You don't want me to get you sick. I, I, yeah. I, I carry a lot more than COVID. I, I have all kinds of things that I could give you. So this is, this makes sense
0: it's really um tuberculosis that I'm worried about getting from you Eli yeah, what have speak, you been
1: speaking of tuberculosis? okay, this is only semi related, but literally right before we started recording i'm watching downton Abbey i've told you that I 'm on a rewatch right now of Downton Abbey, yeah. and there's this scene that I completely forgot happens in the sixth season where they 're all at their like fancy dinner, you know family dinner, but it 's always fancy because it 's Downton Abbey. And the dad stands up and is like, I'm not feeling well. And then he just starts vomiting blood all over the table. And it was so disturbing and shocking because I did not remember that that was going to happen. And it made me think of tuberculosis. He didn't actually have tuberculosis. But isn't that like an old timey thing that you like cough into a napkin and there's blood and that's how you know the character is going to die? Yeah. Anyway just thought I'd throw that out there. So that is something I've been watching is I'm almost done with my rewatch of Downton Abbey. Could not recommend it enough. What a delightful rewatch, especially during these unprecedented times.
0: Mm -hmm. And boy, are they unprecedented.
1: I know that we did um, last year or earlier this year, an episode of Hivemind on the Downton Abbey movie, which you did not see, but do you, are you a Downton fan? I don't remember.
0: Uh, I am a Downton fan. I stopped watching after Christmas. That one Christmas special. Whoa! I hate my five-year-old is being the biggest
1: turd. Can we bring her on the podcast? I, I think cannot. that people would love to hear from her. <laughs> I would like to hear what she's been watching.
0: (laughs) Did you hear her? What she just did? She slammed a door and stormed into another room and now she's crying. Anyway. (laughs) Okay, Okay. Sorry. What else have you been watching?
1: Okay. And then I fell into a familiar trap and it's one that you and I have fallen into before. And I don't know how this keeps happening to me. But Netflix kept telling me to watch a movie called The Boys in the Band. Have you heard of it?
0: I've heard of it. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's like, I think a Broadway play or something. Now it's a movie. And Netflix kept saying like, you must watch it. You must watch it. So I start watching it. And Skylar and I are watching it. And we get like 10, 15 minutes in. And we're both like, why do we hate this so much? Why do we hate every character so much in such a particular specific way. And so I'm like, who is behind this? And I Google it and it's a freaking Ryan Murphy production. Nope, I hate it. Meg, like, this has happened to me like 20 times where people would be like, you must watch this new thing. It's all the rage. And mm-hmm. then I get like, you know, 20 minutes in and I'm like, why do I hate this in such a specific way? And then, you know, it, it, that Hollywood, what what's that show called that you has right now? Yeah. Is it just Hollywood? That was the same thing. I didn't know that he was behind it. And I like made it an episode and a half and I was like, I hate this so much. And yeah. then when I found out he was behind it, I was like, Oh, I hate it in the same way I hated Glee.
0: It's like, what is it? It's like woke to the point of offensive, mm. like really high production quality but really bad writing. It's like all this combination <laughs> of the yeah. wrong things.
1: Because it because the production quality is so high, it makes you think you're about to see something good, and it tricks you into thinking it's better than it is. But then, if you like pay any attention to the characters, the characters suck so much. The character development is like the laziest thing you know characters are completely inconsistent with themselves from like sentence to sentence, and then yeah, it's like very in your face. I'm going to teach you guys a lesson and I'm going to do it by shocking you a little bit. And I'm going to make you reconsider your values, even if you're liberal. And it's just, it's like so stupid the way he it's does so it.
0: Stupid. The interesting thing about Ryan Murphy is that when he's doing shows that are based on real lives and real people, I like them. But mm. when he's in charge of the story, it's always, completely bananas like I liked feud quite a bit I liked okay. the people versus OJ Simpson yeah um the, and... the,
1: Versa- the Versace which is this like second season of the OJ Simpson thing was actually pretty good there were aspects of it that started to feel a little Ryan Murphy but yeah I, I agree with you
0: anything else
1: um lastly I just started for the very first time the amazing race have you ever watched the amazing
0: race no, but it's like up there with Survivor in terms of legacy yeah. reality TV. Am I right?
1: Yeah. I, so I kind of don't know why I've never watched it. It's like right in my lane. Uh, and it it seems like something I would be interested in. Like I like the idea of like seeing different parts of the world and these challenges and whatever else, but I've just never been able to get myself to do it. So there is a new season. I guess they filmed it before covid they must have. And so it just started, it's airing on CBS and I've started watching it. I'm a couple episodes in. It's fine. I'm interested and I think it's fun to watch. The thing I don't like about it is when you're, when you are doing a race across the world and you're trying to film it, production has to get in the way of the show so much that Mm. it starts to feel like a little bit fake to me. Contrived. It's like yeah it's like okay they're racing across the city in cabs but like clearly you like got a cab for them and then you like made them wait to have that conversation till you could film you know like it's just that kind of aspect the show is just too complicated to have like a very natural filming of a competition but It's fun. I think I'll stick with it the rest of the season, especially because there's just like nothing else on TV right now, thanks to COVID. So wait,
0: sorry. Do you you start from season one or are you just picking up where you are, like where they are right now?
1: Yeah, no. So it's a new season that like just started airing that I think they filmed a year ago and then they're now just airing it uh, on TV. So I'm watching it week by week now.
0: That's what I did with uh, Top Chef. Okay. I started with the most recent season, and then I loved it so much, I started going back through the archives. So I think it's a great way to experience a show, especially when it's it's not dependent on previous seasons. Yeah, yeah. Anything else?
1: No, what have you been watching?
0: <laughs> um, we watched The Queen's Gambit, which is kind of buzzy okay. on Netflix right now. It's a show about a chess prodigy. Uh, I really liked it. I okay. liked um the production it's set in the 50s through 60s which i think is a really fun era to watch the mm. actress i can't believe i don't know her name off the top of my head feels like a bad podcaster thing um but she's really great she's one of those people who has just like such an interesting face yeah that you can't take your eyes off of her Uh really interesting story based on a novel. She's not likable, but you root for her. I really, I really liked it. It's complicated. Okay. It made me think. It was a good distraction during a crazy week. The we men- we, start,
1: we started it, um, and Skylar and I, and we made it like 15 minutes. And I think we were maybe just not in the mood for it.
0: Okay, the first episode is the most boring episode. Okay, and okay. it's like it seems kids. Slow to us. Yeah. I was like I remember saying the first episode like I hope we only get one episode of childhood because I don't I don't really like like the orphanage. Thing. Like that's not what this story is about, let's move on but there is important stuff you need to know in that first episode so you do need to watch it Okay. Um, Mandalorian is back on Disney Plus uh, it's a really fun show we watch it as a family I love that it's a spaghetti western in space and it's very episodic um, so every episode is a new adventure new monsters, they have such a, an enormous budget that they can do some really cool things. I'm not a Star Wars person, so there are some things that I don't quite follow. Like, they talk about different planets that I think have a lot of significance to people who are Star Wars diehards. I'm like, okay, well, I, don't, I don't know mm. what that means. But it doesn't lose me as a viewer. I can still understand what's happening. Gotcha. And then we need to talk about the Great British Baking Show. Did you watch the most <sighs> recent episode?
1: Yes, I'm caught up. I'm okay. so devastated that this is going to end at some point.
0: I know. Um, if you are not caught up, either, I don't know, silence your podcast for like the next 60 seconds or stop and come back after you've watched it. I am devastated that Lottie was sent home.
1: I was so sad and it's so funny when that episode started Skylar and I made our predictions on who's in the top three and I said well for sure Lottie and so when she went home at the end I was like well I called that wrong.
0: (laughs) I have you know that I have a very strict no hot people should win Great British Baking Show rule. I I do know that rule. I think hot people have like enough already and this show (laughs) is for normies. <laughs> to excel, but I made an exception for Lottie because she was such a delight. Like she brought yeah. so much personality to the tent. You could tell she was loved by the host, all the other contestants. Super fun person. I don't think it was fair that yeah. Paul Hollywood had them make ice cream cakes oh, on the so hottest day of the awful. year.
1: Awful. Yeah. Yeah, i totally What
0: I'm saying is I'm trying to recover from the episode of the Great British Baking Show. I'm shook.
1: They, uh, by the way, I will say one other exception to Hotties Shouldn't Win was season one, Nancy, obviously. <laughs> season one Nancy <laughs> is the hottest person who's ever been on television.
0: I have to tell you, this is a really weird experience. Because I we were having a poor internet problem so my video's not on so I can see you talking, you can't see me, but like you're like looking off in the distance when you make jokes and not making eye contact and it's like a really disorienting experience. <laughs> uh, in a way like I kind of enjoy I don't know. It's I'm it's looking
1: like, I'm looking off to my imaginary audience of I feel, Yeah, fans.
0: I feel like I'm like the notepad as you're drafting jokes. <laughs>
1: I actually didn't realize you could see me till right then, so yeah. I hope I haven't done anything too embarrassing. No,
0: you haven't um, done anything embarrassing. I think I caught uh, you checking your phone.
1: No, 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 no. I was look I was looking up the actress of the Queen's Gambit for you because you didn't know it.
0: Did you find it?
1: I did. Her name is Anya Taylor Joy.
0: So she's Emma too from Emma. And she Oh, that's a- when I
1: know her from. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and she's in The Witch, a movie that I'm sure I would never sleep again if I watched it, but I heard she's great in it.
1: Gotcha. Um, One quick quick hot take um, about Great British Bake Off, though. Uh, I actually think this is the best host duo.
0: Yeah, and apparently it's controversial. Like, the British public doesn't love Matt. They think he's too crass for the show, Mm. which uh, I haven't found him particularly crass but i am no. watching veep so i mean maybe <laughs> my standards are different
1: yeah huh.
0: um yeah i like them i think they're great so let me start this by saying that the podcast blank check did the same movie this week we are not a threat to that podcast <laughs> uh, us doing the same movie blank check is doing is like a group of eighth graders making a a copy of Jurassic Park, the week Jurassic Park was released in theaters. Like (laughs) this is, I I hope no one thinks we're trying to compete with that gigantic podcast. It's a coincidence. Well, it's a coincidence in that my husband said, do you want to watch Contact? Because he was listening to the podcast and I watched Contact and I was like, I love this movie and we need to talk about it. So we're going to talk about Contact today. Go listen to that episode. They did a great job. I'm excited to talk about it on this podcast. I had forgotten about this movie and how much I like it. Of an unidentified radio
1: source from deep space can neither be confirmed nor denied. Whatever it is, it ain't local. Position? I checked interferometry somewhere in Lyra, I think. Uh, Vega? Can't be! I'm only 26 light years away! I want all these people out of here.
0: Your having sent this announcement all over the world may well constitute a breach of national security. Oh,
1: this isn't a person-to-person call. This may be an announcement to get our attention.
0: The President has called an emergency meeting. You know those
1: interlaced frames that we thought were noise? This says structure.
0: I'm going to recommend to the President that we militarize this project
1: immediately. There's no reason to believe that their intentions are hostile. There's no proof of that. Why don't they just speak English?
0: Mathematics is the only
1: only truly universal language center
0: buried within the message itself is the key to decoding it did you enjoy this rewatch
1: i i was entertained by this rewatch i think there are some things about this movie that work extremely well and some things that are very dated and very 90s kind of writing that sort of were jarring to me to watch but when it ended i was like i'm glad i watched that i had a good time
0: yeah. Like what specifically did you feel like was dated? So,
1: I do think that the some of the characters were very one-dimensional. The the villain in Congress, whoever that guy was, he was like so villainous that it sort of felt like what's his name from Titanic? Just like mustache twirling villain, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so mm-hmm. and the whole time he's kind of upset about the project that they're trying to talk to the aliens and he's lurking in the shadows and he looks slimy. And it was, it was too much for me. I think Matthew McConaughey is completely irrelevant to the story and they didn't need him in there at all. And I didn't find him charming in it. And so like, I felt like he detracted a little bit. And then I do think some of the symbolism and sort of messaging themes of the movie were beat over your head a little bit too hard. So there's a lot of kind of allegories between what they're doing and religion and and so forth. And it's, it's a little much. And I wish that it had been more subtle, but while I was watching it, I was like, this is what 90s movies were. Like this is exactly how 90s movies were written. And so it sort of is like a time capsule of that era of this type of film.
0: See, I kind of had the opposite reaction. I felt like unless this was an A24 movie or a very small independent movie, a studio wouldn't make a movie like this now. Uh, I felt like it was more sophisticated than what we generally see in a July release, which is what this movie was. Um, I think that it's interesting that it's a movie about space and there's all of 10 minutes spent Mm. in space I just I I like this movie because I'm compelled the whole way through even though it's mostly just people talking to each other
1: Mm.
0: I agree sorry go ahead
1: it's it's got a very arrival feel in that way which I know is a movie that is like one of your top favorite movies and it does have like a similar vibe to that in terms of communicating with you know some kind of civilization from another part of the universe or galaxy or whatever else and i think that that aspect is really compelling and the fact that they can keep your attention without really much action going on through most of the film is pretty impressive
0: yeah i do agree that baby mcconaughey is a complete disaster in this movie (laughs) okay i i First of all, he sucks, like just mm-hmm. as a character is big time sucky man, uh, completely gaslights her, gets in the way of her fulfilling her dream, the things she's always wanted to do. And this is something that happens to her a lot in the movie where men intervene, thinking they know yeah. what's best for her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with one of the characters, you're like, well, yeah, this guy is a jerk. Uh, he sh- He's getting in the way of her career, but this is supposed to be the love interest and a man she trusts. And in the end, it's the implication that they're together. And I'm like, one, they don't have any chemistry no. whatsoever. I don't know if it's possible for Jodie Foster to have like a ton of chemistry with a man on camera. Maybe that's not fair I wasn't buying it at all,
1: it's, and two, he's been
0: like terrible to her.
1: Oh yeah, it, it's funny to that. Like looking back, the whole time we were watching, we we're like, oh, obviously she's a lesbian, but like we didn't know that. And I guess yeah. I don't know when she came out, but it was the chemistry between her and Matthew McConaughey was very weird. Um, and I will also say we were like screaming at the TV. There's this whole. Point, plot point where Matthew McConaughey is a part of a committee who gets to decide who's going to get into the contact machine and they choose this dude to go do it over her and her she's boss. of course her boss and her she's boss of course... who has
0: taken credit like at every possible step for the work she has done
1: yeah exactly and she's of course devastated by this and she's upset with Matthew McConaughey and then later he reveals to her the only reason I chose him is because I wanted you to be safe so that I could have you and it's supposed to be like this big romantic thing and it's like you derailed her career so that you could like own her at some point like it was just so so like tone deaf and would not work today at all but I'm kind of even surprised it worked in the 90s
0: did it though I don't know if it landed because she, at that point she they like hugs spent, him <laughs> they they had spent one night together yeah. They'd had a conversation at one party and all of a sudden they're soulmates and he's devastated that she might not come back from space. It's very weird. It feels like there are scenes we missed almost. Mm-hmm. I wish the love storyline wasn't a part of this movie at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they made it today, it wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, I think that this is largely a story about a woman and her ambitions and the way sometimes men get in the way of those ambitions. Um, you mentioned science and faith as being the themes that are reoccurring it's interesting that Carl Sagan wrote yeah. this movie who mm-hmm. is um you know a like the one of the most renowned scientists we've ever had, and also a believer. Um, I, You said that you felt like these themes were overdone. I enjoyed this on a rewatch. Maybe it's because we have, I think, since grown more polarized in your either a person of science or a person of faith. And I, I enjoyed this story that was a... Are they mutually exclusive? Um, mm. Can one exist with the, the other? Do they both exist together? Are they the same thing? Um, I think you could argue that the thesis of this movie is to be a person of science is to be a person of faith. I just, I, I think the end is overdone. I wonder if moviegoers would have been upset had they not included parts of the end. Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and I I do. And to be clear, I, it, I didn't dislike the fact that they were communicating that message. I do think that that was an interesting thing to to use as a storytelling device and a theme for the movie. I just thought that it was a little too on the nose at times. So they would have these conversations where Matthew McConaughey, who went to the seminary and is, you know, represents faith in the movie is responding to things that Jodie Foster is saying. And she's our, you know, kind of scientist, who's not so into the faith thing. And she'll say things that like sound, you know, like she's, uh, you know, using language that somebody might use who has you know faith in God or whatever, and there's sort of like these, aha, you do this, you know. There's just kind of a lot of that going back and forth, and I just there were times when I was just like kind of rolling my eyes, and I was like, we get it, science and sure. faith don't have to be enemies, you know. And so it was, it was sort of that, but again that might just be a nineties writing style that I'm just not used to right now. And maybe that worked really well in the nineties. And now I, you know, we, I think writing and that kind of writing has gotten a little bit more subtle and cynical. And so maybe i just like, wasn't ready for something to feel that on the nose.
0: Sure. That's yeah, I can see that. Um, So a lot of this movie is spent, you know, focusing on her and the work she's doing until they, the work she's doing is essentially searching for life outside of Earth. Um, And she's told that no one will ever take her seriously, uh, that she will become a joke in the scientific community until she discovers this uh, frequency uh, this noise coming from 26 million light years away as some mm-hmm. number that apparently means it's not that far away and whatever. I thought the way they did this noise was pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it was very like, what is this? I've never heard anything like this uh when you watch the trailer it's her finding that noise and the noise goes all throughout the trailer and it's not telling you much about the movie but you're like man i want to see this what is happening very cool um they call the press they get all these different scientists around the government gets involved they find a monitor because someone suggested this might be an image and the image that they see is um Hitler opening the 1936 Olympics. What did you make of that?
1: I it was it was creepy. Like I did not remember so much of this movie because it had been so long. And you, you know they're all gathered, and this scene is actually really well written and really well shot. They're all kind of excited. They're receiving the signal. They're trying to figure out what it is, and then somebody gets the idea somehow. You know, using their monitors and whatever. And I'm sure all of it if you know anything about science and watch this now you would be like laughing at how stupid a lot of the science fiction aspects are but and they're using you know these like really crappy like 1995 computer software and vcrs and whatever else but anyway they they realize that the message that's coming through has video components so they go and plug like something into a tv and they're like surely we can watch it now and all of a sudden pops up adolf hitler who is always jarring to see, of course, because of, you know, just everything that we, all of the feelings that we associate with Adolf Hitler and Nazis and the Holocaust and World War II. And so he's speaking and there's this creepiness about it where you're like, wait a minute either somebody is like broadcasting this really creepy thing into these people or like aliens are for some reason sending images of Hitler and what is that about and I think it's a really really effective storytelling device because it really does suck you in yeah what did you you think
0: I mean you can look at it as factual like yeah that was the first signal from the earth to go out to space that's why they're sending it back I think you can also look at it as like what does this say about mm. humanity that the first signal to go out from earth to space was hitler opening the olympics like who mm-hmm. are we as a civilization maybe we do need the help of people outside of earth uh-huh. um, from there it becomes a kind of a cascade of government interactions they use footage of bill clinton the actual bill clinton which yeah. is pretty wild and it's yeah. really funny because it's footage of him outside so there's like daylight on him even yeah. though he's at an inside press conference. So It's super weird. I think that was a weird choice.
1: It was a weird choice. Also, did he actually himself appear in the movie? Because no. at one point he like gives a speech that is very like pointed and fits with the plot really well. Did so you know what find? that was? That mm. was
0: a speech he gave right after they found like Mars rocks or something. So it was a speech, actually, about space travel that they just lifted Funny. and put into the movie. I don't. I think don't it holds up.
1: I don't like when when they do this. See, I don't I, either. I don't even like. You know, Forrest Gump showing an old president, you know, not even a contemporary, you know, contemporary president and trying to use that footage to make it look like your, your character. Just, it, just do, if you are making a fictional film, just get a fictional president. We don't need exactly. to see Bill Clinton popping in. And it's, it's, it's cheesy and it always stands out so much when they do this because, uh, you know, they're showing him give a press conference through a TV like they're watching it on TV, but then they go to the press conference and there's clearly this actor that is not Bill Clinton walking out of the room. And it just is always comes across as so cheesy to me when they do this in movies.
0: So lesson learned. Next time you make a movie, don't (laughs) take footage of the president and superimpose it. Um, So... Eventually, they figure out that they're getting a series of images from these uh, extraterrestrial beings. And they make up a um, blueprint for a travel vehicle. And Jodie Foster discovers this with the help of an eccentric millionaire who has long been funding her research. Um,
1: Another one-dimensional character.
0: Another one-dimensional. I liked him. Yeah. I thought he was super fun to watch, but he was very much like the eccentric yeah. billionaire who yeah. was apparently based off of uh, if Bill Gates lost his mind was like the the oh. whole character description. Okay. Um, and so they figure out that this is a three-dimensional blueprint. They get permission from the government to make it. It's going to cost, they say the amount, like it's like some astronomical crazy amount and it's like a couple billion or something. Yeah. Um, which is another like this movie really is getting old. We're it's yeah. been a long time since I watched this. So they make it and it's uh, kind of what we talked about earlier. They have to decide who gets to go in this thing. And it comes down to Jodie Foster and um her boss and Matthew McConaughey who at this point has slept with Jodie Foster once and knows that she is an atheist. <laughs> in her hearing brings up do you believe in god and she doesn't feel like she can lie and say that she does when she doesn't i wonder if that would i don't know if it would actually have happened then Mm -hmm. i don't know if anyone would care now yeah what do you think
1: well i mean what's the point of the question they're like, well, if you don't believe in God, then you're not going to be as good at talking to the aliens. Well, like, it they was said just so weird.
0: The way they framed it was, we want someone who represents
1: Yeah, the people,
0: the people of America. I don't know that that would be the case now. I don't yeah. know that enough Americans are religious that it would be a, uh, uh, um, what's the word?
1: Representative?
0: What's it well, uh, when when you're like you gotta shut it down? A red flag.
1: <laughs> Go on, keep reaching.
0: What is it uh, when you know when you're um, <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're like in a thing and this thing happens and you're like no I that's it I can't do it anymore.
1: What? <laughs> uh, are you okay? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: Not a game changer, deal breaker.
1: A deal, that bre- ah, a yes. deal breaker. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It would be a deal breaker anymore. I really wow. like how you
1: defined deal wow-y,
0: breaker. Wowie zowie. <laughs> you know what's funny is I watched this movie and I was like, I wonder if I'm like a hidden genius. You know how like sometimes you watch movies <laughs> and you're like, what if I just haven't found my thing? Yeah. Clearly, that's not the case. Um, <laughs> so she's not chosen to go the her bosses and it's like super exciting they're at the launch they've like set up this whole you know uh cape Canaveral. they're gonna do the whole nasa thing mm-hmm. but eli on the launch deck she sees this creepy character who she's seen over and over again who's like a religious zealot um and she sees him on the monitor she says we have a security breach um then they see that he has something in his hand and they're trying to get him out of there but they're too late he uh detonates a bomb and this is actually it's pretty jarring
1: yes yeah uh
0: you see the whole thing blow up in like it's and i think this was shortly after the oklahoma city bombing so Mm. I, do we used to have more bombings? I feel like the nineties were a lot of bombings
1: well, like the i r a through Europe was you know bombing buildings, and I think, yeah, it does seem like that was happening a lot more. It was terrifying,
0: so that's actually pretty crazy to watch. um and then everyone's pretty bummed
1: mm-hmm. because
0: the whole dream seems shattered, however. Yeah um jodie foster gets a call from eccentric billionaire who says why build one when you can build two for twice the price they have built a similar vehicle in japan they still want an american to go and then he says want to take a ride uh <laughs> so she gets to go to space now i want to talk about space
1: mm-hmm.
0: what did you think of the way they rendered Her journey, first of all, and second of all, the actual alien planet that she arrived on.
1: Uh, Journey, I thought was very effective, especially for what they had to work with in the mid to late 90s. I think that they, what they did for me held up much better than most movies of this type from that era. And I think it's because they they just decided to do something that was very different in terms of space travel. So she she gets sucked into these, they call them wormholes. And she's just sort of being propelled through all these dimensions. And it is very um, kind of hard to even picture because it's just so unique and strange. And I think that it was effective. What did you think?
0: Yeah. I think that usually now when I go back and watch night movies from the nineties and they're CGI heavy, I'm like, oh, this is disappointing. It looks really shoddy. But mm-hmm. this is so over-the-top borderline animated yeah. that it's very cool. It's visually very cool. They do some cool things with her face um while mm-hmm. she's being launched through these different wormholes. I, I did some reading about it today and they had her pull a whole bunch of different faces they did like 30 takes of her in this pod Mm. and they morphed them all together a different moment so her face was changing all the time they have moments where they like pull her face out to say something else and it goes back into her face it's cool
1: Mm -hmm.
0: she arrives on this beach and there's like inverse colors waves are moving backward there's like light but no sun it's just a really Mm -hmm. visually interesting landscape that's kind of so blown out and so overdone that it works Uh, it's
1: very it's very dreamlike yeah and it does feel like she's actually in a dream I don't know how else they could have done it because if they had made it look like you know earth or you know our our reality on our planet i don't think it would have been as effective because you sort of as she's getting sucked into the wormholes and then of course as you discover that according to the people on earth she never really went anywhere it makes sense to me that the travel would be something of 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 almost a dreamlike experience that yeah. they that these you know these aliens who had contacted her and had her build this thing basically helped her build something that could get her sort of like soul to be in another place and that's sort of what it feels like and i i liked that aspect a lot
0: i did too so she's on this alien planet and there's this translucent Figure moving toward her, and as it's moved toward her, it shifts into her dad who died when she was a child. Um, and they have this interaction, and it alternates between him saying things like, You have your mother's hands, being very affectionate as a dad, uh, while also explaining that this being is not her dad. They're using the figure of her dad to communicate with her. Um, mm-hmm to explain that this is how it's always been done, that this is the first step for earthlings to become part of this greater universal society. Um, and it's so, it's, I just really like it. I like it a lot. I like that it's all at the same time disappointing and heartbreaking, but exciting, um, and she wants more. She wants it to really be her dad, but she also knows that it's not her dad. And she wants to learn more about this alien planet and ask so many questions. Mm. She's not allowed to do that, which is like so often how life is, right? Yeah. Like yeah. things are never one thing. They're a whole array of things and they're never what you expect. Um, yeah. Especially when it, it's something the, the, like fulfilling your dream.
1: Right. The the thing I liked the most about that is the, the movie is called Contact. The point of the movie is that contact is being made and what a struggle that is. And I like that they didn't show us what the aliens look like or tell us anything about them at all. Because yeah. that wasn't the point. The point was not for us to learn who the aliens were. The point was for us to learn how to get in touch with them or you know, listen to them so that they could teach us how to get in touch with them. And that was the whole point. And it's, I think a lot of alien, you know, encounter movies are trying to do so, so much and they can be fun, but I think what makes movies like Contact and I'll compare it again, Arrival so effective is they take like one concept of communication between these interstellar species or whatever, and they make a whole movie where they just focus on this kind of one aspect in Arrival. The whole entire movie is about how do you communicate one single message between these two people? in contact the whole movie is about how do you how do you connect with with one another not what what are we going to learn once we do that but just how do we connect and it's it's cool i I think that is a really compelling storytelling device
0: i do too uh i also love there's a moment when these kind of shooting stars go over the sky where they are and the implication is that that's other visitors like her who are arriving on this place like this is something that's happening to planets all over the place and we are very much not alone in the universe which is at one time comforting and another time really disorienting which is a lot of the feeling i think she's experiencing on this beach Mm -hmm. um you mentioned that back on earth it looks as though she has fallen right through this contraption that they've built Um, so she is kind of ushered off of this planet, wakes up on the floor of this pod that she's in being summoned by the people back at the, what what is it called? Like the, you know, Houston, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they're like, ah, are you okay? Um, Ellie, Ellie, are you, are you there? And she wakes up and she says, what day is it? Mm. And they're like, you, you didn't go anywhere um next thing we know she's at a senate hearing being grilled by james wood pretty much the uh antagonist of the whole movie the senator who hasn't wanted to fund anything that they're doing and uh doesn't want to believe that she went anywhere and she has to give this testimony about how actually she did go somewhere and she did have this experience and how it made her feel like we're not alone and how small we all are, but how important all of our lives are. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a moving testimony. It does get a little on the nose when they bring up Occam's razor, Mm -hmm. which has been a theme throughout. uh, And she says you have to go on faith that this thing happened. I think if you had ended the movie there, it wouldn't have been over the top. However, after the testimony, Mm. Mm. Angela Bassett, who has played part of the uh, presidential administration, is talking with James Wood, and they have this conversation where she says, you know, it's interesting, and he says, what's interesting? And she says, the recording recorded 18 hours of footage, and he says, that is interesting. And it's kind of like, do we do we need that? Doesn't that ruin it? Like, isn't the whole point that you shouldn't really know if she went? Shouldn't it be up to the viewer to go on faith mm-hmm. on whether or not Jodie Foster made this journey?
1: It's still ambiguous, you know? Is it? They said it recorded 18 hours of static. We don't know why that happened. She doesn't even know herself how long she was supposedly out there. So it's not like, you know, she said I I was out there for hours. I don't know. I remember She
0: says 18 hours in her testimony. Okay.
1: I remember as a kid really liking that aspect. And so I don't know. It was kind of the fun punchline that the whole movie I was looking forward to hearing. So I, I didn't have a problem with it, but I understand your critique for sure.
0: I just we actually talked about this in my 11th grade English class about this ending um and if it would have been a stronger movie without it and I think I have long believed that it would have been a stronger movie without it however I don't know that the movie going public would appreciate it add to that sorry you were going to say something
1: Well, and maybe this is where you were going next. The ending that I didn't need was Jodie Foster, who does not know how to talk to children, talking to children.
0: Okay, well, (laughs) this is like Return of the King. There's a lot of endings in this movie.
1: Okay, maybe this isn't even the final, final one. No, you're right. So there's, uh, yeah, there's there's the scene at the very end. Wait, wait, wait.
0: Before that, though, she steps outside of the Senate building and there's tons of people, like, forrest gump at the whatever in dc like just like seas of people Mm -hmm. cheering for her because she's become like this (laughs) almost god right like so now there's all these believers and that's another like religious science i don't know and matthew mcconaughey gets in the car with her it's like matthew no
1: no get
0: out of here you're fired i (sighs) hate you
1: we don't need him in any movies at all Yeah. okay then Then it cuts to sometime in the near future, I think, and she's giving a tour to these children of their astronomy area. And these kids are like 14. They're not even that young, but she is talking to them like they're three. And she's like literally like down, like with her hands on her knees, like crouched down, like lower than their eyes, by the way, because they're not that short. And she's like, of all the things in the universe, you might be the one to discover the next discovery and it's it's like so over the top and it's like jodie foster have you never actually met a child like you don't talk like this to children no
0: it's very uncomfortable and also like jodie foster what are you doing like you did this important (laughs) thing why are you giving tours to children now
1: (laughs) she's like a tour guide at disneyland
0: now yeah (laughs) Like, write a book, you know? Be, like, a Fox News correspondent. I don't know. Like, there's got to be opportunities out there for you. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the fourth ending. Uh, I I mean, I like it. I really like this movie. This was one of those I watched, like, a lot as a child. I was a very weird child. I was nervous to revisit it. I d- I still think it's good. I think that it's it has a lot to say for itself. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a bold movie.
1: Yeah, I I think you should rewatch it if you haven't seen it in a while. It's it's a fun. It's a good time.
0: Yeah, and I do. I think this movie walked, so Arrival could want, run. I think yes. that uh, Arrival is an improved upon Contact. Yes. Um, A lot of similar themes in a fun way. You want to hear some trivia? Yes. Uh, I only have really two uh, that I thought were interesting. Jodie Foster was a part of a group of private donors that saved SETI's telescope array in California. They did a lot of filming out there where those giant telescopes were and they were threatened to uh, have their funding pulled, so Jody Foster made a sizable donation so they could t- could continue their research. Cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, the filmmakers put out a call for UFO enthusiasts to be part of the extras after the research was getting a lot of attention, and most of those extras brought their own wardrobe and props. So wow. all those weirdos you see in the movie are actual weirdos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a place for you in the pictures if you're a weirdo.
1: There, there that scene where she's, you know, pulling up to where they're building the thing and there is like a festival happening. It looks like Burning Man, if you if you're familiar with Burning Man at all, which I'm barely but uh just like so many people. And that scene goes on for a long time. There are yeah. a million people out there, and they're all Really weird, yeah. <laughs> but it, but it's a fun scene. Actually, it's really
0: fun. It's a fun scene. It's a fun movie. Yeah. I think it's a thought-provoking movie. I'm glad I got to rewatch it. I'm glad yeah. I got to talk with you about it. Me too. This you know, was fun. Yeah, this was fun. Um, We'll be back next week. Uh, Until then, please remember to leave us a good rating and review. Remember to become a member of the Beehive on our membership page at thebeehive.com. Subscribe to our newsletter, and we will see you next week.